0: My guest today, Kylie Caldwell, is a healer, an Akashic Records reader, and a coach for those ready to transform their lives and fulfill their soul's purpose. Plus, she's a mother of two and a co-host of the Hello Universe podcast. She has an amazing energy and offers some phenomenal tips on today's show. We have so much fun in this episode, and I know you will too. You'll learn what are the Akashic Records and how they relate to your soul. Three Steps to Help Develop Your Intuitive Abilities, and How Your Past Lives Reflect Your Current Existence. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: I have been looking forward to this. Since the second you announced that you were putting the podcast out here, actually,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, you actually emailed me. You're like, I want to be on your podcast. I... Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we had so much fun when you were on mine, and also I just adore your energy. So any excuse to like soak in some Nick Demos magic, I'm um, sign me up.
0: You know, it's interesting because when I last saw you. Really, it was during Real Stories That Sell, you came and took my signature course. Yeah. That you were in a transition of sorts.
1: Yeah, I was. I was in the the get-me-the-F-out-of-my-job transition.
0: (laughs) And you did.
1: And I did. And it's working. Thanks in part to Real Stories That Sell, you all should take it. I'm a great (laughs) hype woman.
0: (laughs) I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I can tell the whole story or I can tell the mini version, but, you know, the, the mini version is as of August, I am full-time self-employed. And as of September, it's a wild, amazing, almost overwhelming success. Like, yeah, to the point that I actually had to, like, take a week to, like, integrate. Like, oh, you asked for this thing and this has all, it's all here. So, <laughs> you know soak it up like recalibrate
0: which must feel really good especially right now at a time when there's so much happening in the world and so much transition that here you are in a transition that feels good
1: yeah we were saying just before we hit record like gratitude I just feel overwhelmingly grateful that this is the life that I get to wake up and live that this is what I get to do and that the work that I'm doing is like in small and hopefully big ways, like helping other people to live their dreams. Like that's what I feel really, it took me a long time to get to the point of doing it. And so I feel, and I had, I had to go through all the stories that loop in our head that keep us small. And so that's why I feel so passionately about like creating some container to burn through those stories that are like just noise, you know, they're just keeping you small.
0: Yeah, okay, so for anybody out there who doesn't know you, and I'm going to read your bio, obviously, I've read your bio, but for anybody who doesn't know you, what is it that you're doing now? What did you go from to? Yeah,
1: okay, so my corporate career was always sales, so I worked in higher ed publishing, and I was a sales rep for a long time. At the end of my corporate career, I was a sales director, and I managed 23 people and, you know, did all that sort of, you know, writing a sales strategy memo for the year and planning corporate events. And, and I loved it for a long time. And also always had this sense that this is it, you know, (laughs) right. yeah Uh, And then I had two small kids and, and I always say they are like what cracked me open to the universe. And so after my daughter was born, she's the youngest of my two kids. I learned how to read the Akashic records and so that's like the kind of source of the magic that I use. So for anyone who's not familiar with the Akashic records, I can give like a mini explanation.
0: Let's go there cuz okay. that was one of my first questions knowing what you do. I know what you do. So I was like, what? Let's let the audience in in case there's somebody there that doesn't know about the Akashic records.
1: Which Reg- probably there I'll say I'll say this. The first time I remember where I was standing when I read an article about the Akashic records, my response was, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Be wary of what you roll your eyes at, guys, Um, because it just seems so woo, and like, I'm a pretty practical, grounded person, and yet here I am, and so, so the Akashic Records is basically the history of everything your soul has ever experienced, and lots of different spiritual and religious traditions reference it, reference it as the Tree of Knowledge, the Book of Life, and so... It's basically the vibrational memory of everything you've ever experienced. And so when you access the Akashic Records, you're tapping into your soul's wisdom. And our souls are very, very wise. Like our egos might have their limitations, but our souls are very expansive and wise. And each one of us has a team of like angels and loved ones and guides and, you know, however you want to label them that's really assigned to you and works specifically for the highest evolution of your soul so they're really beautiful at keeping things in perspective, right? because your soul's evolution is not as worried about like what Jane in the cubicle next door is doing that's annoying you. <laughs> so when I, when someone opens the akashic records, it's a way of tapping into that, and there's a, what you're tapping into is infinite wisdom, so there's a million different ways you can use them, right? Like I know some people who open the akashic records and then do Reiki treatment. Because then they're kind of anchoring the Reiki into your soul level into just rather than just your energetic body, right? So there's a million different things. The the primary ways that I use the Akashic Records is one around healing your limiting beliefs, right? Identifying what is the core belief, right? Like, so for example, maybe you have a core belief that you are unworthy of abundance and you're out here hustling your butt off trying to grow a business. If you want a core level, believe you're unworthy of abundance, you're going to be treading water, right? And so we'll use the, we can use the energy of the Akasha records to actually shift that so that you anchor in the belief that you are worthy. And then the other primary thing that I do with the records is kind of about fragmentation. So we all have traumatic experiences either in this lifetime or past lifetimes where parts of ourselves kind of get stuck, right? So that's like inner child work or again, past life work. And so clients come to me and they say like, I don't know, I'm just overwhelmed and I'm a perfectionist and this and that. And so we look at how that pattern is showing up in their life now. And then we open up in the records and we find out like, I'm all about like root cause. Like let's go way back to the beginning and then just like let the healing ripple all the way up. Right. So let's go back to the root cause of where that fear of being judged anchored in. And let's see what that part of you needs and let's like lovingly tend to her or him. And then that's like allows that kind of fragment of yourself to get integrated. You are Your soul like remembers its wholeness a little bit more and then you're less weighed down by that baggage. Now, then you have to take the action, right? Like I'm just going to clear the path for you, right? Then we have to take the action to kind of reinforce, but, but ultimately those are the, that's the work that I do in the Akashic records, which is so beautiful and so much fun. And because it's a space of infinite love, it's also just, it's just a beautiful energy. Like I, every time a session ends, the first thing I say to to my client is always thank you.
0: Uh, because
1: it is like such a gift to read for somebody because you get to sense the wisdom of their soul right like some mm. people's soul feels like laying in a forest in the nighttime you know and some people's souls feel like fireworks you know and it's just a real real honor and a beautiful way to see someone and serve
0: how did you go from what the f is this <laughs> to now f. reading yeah others
1: yeah so it just kept popping up. You know how that happens, right? Like the universe just keeps like throwing it in front of you and throwing it in front of you. And so eventually I bit. And so I got a reading myself from someone named Ashley Wood, who's a beautiful Akashic Records reader. And she actually does a lot of work around educating people about what the records are. So people are curious. She's uh, nice to check out. And then that just really activated something for me, right? And then I bought this book about how to read it called How to Read the Akashic Records by Linda (laughs) Howe. And I just... Very clear, to of, yeah, right. <laughs> and I just held on to the book for a long time, right? Like, I just like let it sit mm. there. Like, I don't think I'm writing for you because I think, on some level, I knew that there was something big there, right? And meanwhile, I was doing all these other ways of really deepening my abilities to channel. Like, I did a lot of automatic writing, I got my yoga teacher training, so I was doing all these other kind of spiritual activation things. And then my daughter, I just like I call her my baby witch because. Like, she's just the most intuitive, little, powerful creature on earth. And um, so she was six weeks old. And I just, like, was like, oh, okay, it's time. Like, something Mm -hmm. about her birth just was like, she was like, okay, mom, like, get to it. We got work to do. (laughs) Um, And so I, I just knew it was time to read the book. And, you know, some people have a lot of success with the book. Some people need a little different kinds of structure, different kind of access points. Again, because our souls are different, right? We have different forms of genius and ways of tapping in. And the first time I opened the records, I said the little prayer and I just felt like I was home, Mm. you know, and uh, it just hooked me. And, And then I very early on heard Make a Website. And so I was like, Yahtzee, okay, this is my path? Great. And so this is where we get into my... Slow journey as an entrepreneur because I thought, okay, I am a salesperson. I'm a really good salesperson. So I know strategy inside and out. Now I'm going to make a website because I have this cool new superpower. Like, hello, I'm going to be able to have all the clients come to me. Do you know, you might already know this. Do you know how much money I made in the first 10 months of my business? As someone who sold millions of dollars a year as a corporate salesperson one single dollar in 10 months (laughs) because it's not about strategy right like it's about all the other pieces what do you believe how do you show up how do you you know think you should all of these beliefs that form our thoughts that form our actions so it was right around the turning point of those 10 months actually that real stories Sell pops into my inbox and I was like this this is the thing that i need
0: <laughs> well I, and i appreciate you saying that one of the things that i say in fact i use one of your testimonials that you gave me a lot because you you say i was a salesperson for all these years but it wasn't from the heart
1: mm. yeah and when we have to show up and like put ourselves out there
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's terrifying right like if you don't yeah. want to buy my textbook like okay whatever that's not about me but if you don't want to buy me that's That's a bigger hurdle to get over, right,
0: yeah, and you did, which is so impressive,
1: yeah, well, it's all about I think following for me, it's all about following the nudges, right, like if you yeah. have a desire, then you're supposed to be living it, so ask for the teachers, right yeah. like if you're if you have this desire and it's not happening for you, ask for the teachers, and then when it shows up, like say yes to the thing. <laughs>
0: Right. Totally. So I, I can so relate because, oh gosh, it's about twenty years ago now. I was sitting in a meditation. I was meditating, and I had this moment of, "You're supposed to be teaching," and I was like, "No, no, no! I, no, I am not. I am not a teacher like this. This is not what I do. I'm, a, I'm a storyteller. I'm a whatever, a director at that time." And I was like, and then I heard ten years, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, cool. In ten years, I'll be ready. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and almost 10 years to the day is when I really began teaching. So isn't that interesting uh, that 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 I knew, like there was a part of me that knew that it was supposed to happen, but I also knew I wasn't yet ready. Yeah. And I needed to find those teachers and I needed to find the help and I needed the practice, my practice to deepen enough that I was ready to be the teacher that I knew or that my soul knew, really. Yeah. Let's talk about the soul there for a second, that my soul knew that I was supposed to be
1: so you could hold the space, right? Correct. Yeah. It's all about holding space.
0: I knew I wasn't ready to hold space for others. I could barely hold it for myself at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Speaking of holding space for yourself, we all have intuition. It's in us, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we how how would you suggest somebody to help them improve their in, intuition? You guys can't see me,
1: but I just did a like, giddy little dance, because this is like, one of my favorite topics.
0: <laughs> you really did. <laughs> you like, brought your shoulders up towards your ears. I did. I did a little,
1: like, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was like a, a jig.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because, this is why I'm so passionate about it, because I think if you really cultivate a strong relationship with your own inner knowing, it will change your whole life. Because we know, and so many times, like, whether it's a big, complicated decision, like, should I quit my job, or it's a small decision, like, should I really go to this birthday party that I have no interest in going to, right? Surprise, no one can go anywhere. It's COVID. But in the future, when <laughs> you get invited to things again.
0: <laughs> when we actually can see each other. <laughs> it will,
1: the thing that will be funny, too, is,
0: like, how quickly we
1: will probably all fall back into, like, oh, I don't know if I want to do anything, right? It'll be, like, one month where we're, like,
0: <laughs> say I was yes. Just, I would just say this to a friend. It's, like, you know, I don't necessarily want to go to the party, but I want to be invited.
1: I, I want, I want the option to leave my home and go to a party, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I just believe that we know our own truth. And I actually think like there's a whole, there's a collective shift, I think, happening about shifting our external authority as the authority to our inner authority being the authority. And so if you can strengthen your relationship to your own inner knowing I think it's one of the best things you can ever do to serve I talk about self-care, right? Like really developing a trusting relationship with yourself. So because I like to be practical, I kind of break it down into three steps. So the first is silence. Like you got to make some quiet, right? And a lot of us, I think, go right to the like, okay, give me the an answer, give me the an answer, give me the an answer, <laughs> right? Uh, but you have to create some silence. But I don't think silence always has to be a 20-minute meditation.
0: Oh, right. Oh, oh, you know, I'm a big, firm, solid believer in the creative sadhana, as you know. Yes. But that doesn't need to look like the same for every single person. Yeah,
1: exactly. And sometimes I think, actually, I think I might have shared this with you early on when I was taking Real Stories at Sell. I wasn't doing the creative sadhana because I put it, I was like, well, I need to like clear the, like, I need to clear an hour, you know, As and so we do this thing where, we put something up on a pedestal and then we just don't do any version of it, mm. you know? So, you know, it can be five deep
0: breaths, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all it actually needs to be.
1: And that will change everything, right? So, so pause right now, listeners, and take five deep breaths and then come back. I bet you'll feel different.
0: And don't wait four weeks for Nick to give you permission. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Right?
1: Yes, yes. So create some stillness. And then the next step is like setting the intention to receive. So the symbolism or the like metaphor that I like to give for this is about what kind of receiving energy we have. So I kind of think there's three ways we go about receiving messages and asking to receive messages uh, either from ourselves or God or, you know, however you want to define it. Right. And so one is we grip our hands so tight, right. That's when we're like, there's so much fear and like, kind of desperation like please 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 is he gonna come back tell me tell me tell me right and and so if you're listening I think it's helpful to do the physical unless you're driving keep your hands on the wheel but if you're listening grip your fists together really tight are you able to receive anything in your hands no right so the other thing that we do is like our hands are just like loosey-goosey right and that's when you're like kind of asking to receive but you're also wondering what you should make your, for dinner and you're also thinking about your cousin's phone call the other day and like that's when like you know the, the the everything just slips through our fingers right so we're not we're not actually holding anything and then the third energy is like if you cup your hands together right like this like kind a gentle attentive receiving i also for people who practice yoga kind of refer to it as like the drishti right like just this light Focused attention. And that's kind of the energy that you want to hold to be in receiving. And you'll slip in between all three, but that's just the place to come back to. And then the third thing is to take action on whatever message you get, right? Because what happens to some of us is we create some stillness, we ask for a message, we get a message, and we're like, no, 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 that's not it. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Or we like go into this like doubt spiral, right? But it's a relationship that you're building with your own inner trust. So you have to take some kind of action on the message because that's what strengthens the trust, right? So as simple as like one time I did an exercise, I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I I had time to kill before I could fly back home. And I literally just started driving. And I was like, I'm just gonna see when I should take a left or when I should take a right. And all of a sudden I ended up, in front of the house. I'd been to Ann Arbor, Michigan at that point like three times in my life. And a decade earlier, when my best friends had lived in Ann Arbor, I don't know, I didn't know where, I ended up on her doorstep. She didn't live there anymore. But, and I didn't, I didn't set out with the intention of that being why I should, like, you know, I just was like, I got time to kill, just kind of follow the nudge, right? And I was like, oh man. So I, I ended up on her doorstep. And of course, I was like, oh man, I should call Rachel. But I didn't. Sure enough, I'm sitting in the airport and who calls me?
0: Richard. No way.
1: Of course.
0: I love it.
1: <laughs> right. So, which is also to say, kind of coming up with fun exercises can be useful, right? Like going for a drive and being like, "All right, which should I turn left or right?" and seeing where you
0: end up. Yeah, because because it's not that serious. The universe yeah. has a sense of humor. Like oh, we yeah. tend to we tend to take things so dang seriously, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. play is part of our way into our creative self or the great creator or your intuition or whatever it is that you want to call this deep experience that you can have with your own being, with your own self.
1: Yes. 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 And that's like, thank you for saying that. Cause that's definitely something that I have a tendency to take it all very seriously. And I get a lot of nudges that are like, just stop, stop being such a like, stop making such a big deal. <laughs>
0: Well, the reason that I know this, the reason that I talk about it all the time, is because that was me. It was yeah. like That super serious, like I, I, I'm gonna be like the perfectionist mm-hmm. part of me that comes out It's like I can't possibly serve people unless it's at the perfect level, and you know yeah. all of that. And so the more that I've been able to like come into this sense of I'm I, now I'm the one moving now I'm like moving and grooving yeah this sense of like a real serpentine
1: energy you got going on now (laughs) this
0: this sense of play the more i've been able to come into this sense of play and a sense of humor about myself and Mm -hmm. the work yeah it's that it's that i was holding it too tight thing like you were talking about and by by allowing it to be the cup like not so loosey-goosey that it's flying everywhere as you were saying but but i'm holding this cup this space for it that's like the that's the the juice that's the nectar that's the That's the goodness. That's
1: the fun. And it's fun. And it's fun. And if we connect it back to stories, like, people like stories that are fun. I mean, unless you're, like, my husband, whose Netflix queue is all very, very dark and serious. Like, most people want some of their stories to be fun and, like, relatable. Like, you know, like, I can't even tell you how many clients I've had who I get on a a console call with them, and they're like, oh, yeah, I booked this call because, like, when you were on Facebook Live, your battery died, and you started walking us through your messy house, and you swear a lot. You know, like people want—we we are craving in this moment. We are craving connection and authenticity, realness, we want the realness, right?
0: And humor goes a long way. And
1: humor goes a long way in making us all like real human beings <laughs> to one another.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So those are three really awesome, awesome tips. So thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. So, I want to go back a bit because you talked about, you mentioned maybe in your past life. Mm. Can you dive into how your past lives maybe impact what's happening to you right now or maybe your future life?
1: Yeah. So, the first thing I'll say is you are not required to look at your past lives, right? Like anything that needs healing will surface in this lifetime. So, you know we've got everything we need right here, right now. So if that doesn't like register as exciting or interesting to you, don't worry about it, you know? But if you are curious, there's kind of a wealth of information. (laughs) We have not, this is not our first rodeo, right? And we've lived a lot of difficult lives before because we're humans and humanity, you know, experiences are different. We've also lived a lot of beautiful lives and everything in between, but the way I have seen it throughout my client sessions and in my own understanding is that, You know, we have these experiences and they kind of, I don't want to say this, so in trauma research, right? It talks a lot about how like we get stuck in the trauma and we get Mm -hmm. stuck in the loop. And we think about that a lot in terms of this lifetime. But what I've come to understand is that our past lives are kind of operating on a similar level where some traumatic event happens, and some part of us is just stuck in that loop, right? I actually kind of have an operating theory that that's kind of what we call ghosts are, right? They're just like stuck in the loop of their own trauma. Which, okay, if you have any listeners who, listeners who aren't in the woo, they're like, where have we gone on this uh, journey for what Ben was we about to <laughs> uh, If
0: they're listening to this podcast, they're. They're woo plus. We call ourselves woo plus here.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Because I will also say, so I was actually recently I started doing in the records is working with clients who've some fragment of them actually is stuck as what we would call a ghost. And it's because it's always because that part of ourselves believes themselves unworthy of returning, like the trauma that they experienced which I think informs an understanding of trauma in an interesting way, like the separation becomes the vital thing, right? Like I am unworthy of being, being part of a whole, like I've done something, and usually it's not that terrible. I mean, <laughs> you know, but if you think about it, that's what we're all doing all the time, right? When we're feeling separate, it's because we're thinking we are, unworthy and so some parts of ourselves are kind of but it's not your whole soul that's a ghost it's just like these little fragments right and so the work right. that I do is like let's bring that little fragment home but it's not always quite that dramatic and not always ghosts but they are just these loops that gets that we're stuck on and so they'll show up for us so for example if you find yourself always having like an outsized fear response to something that might be a clue that a past life healing could help Like, for example, to share my own story, when I first started, you know, building my own business, I had so much fear of being seen, which makes it kind of hard to build a business, right?
0: (laughs) A personal brand one, yes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right, because I was convinced on some deep level that if I pursued this work, I was going to get fired and my family would be destitute. Well, guess what? That's because in a past life, I was a witch and I, you know, got the axe and my family was destitute, right? So it was an outsized fear. And if I just tried to treat it on a logical level, it was going to keep looping for me. So going back to the kind of origin story, just sped up the process of healing, which I'm also interested, like I'm practical. And I'm also like, if we can move this show along more quickly, like why not?
0: (laughs) So I had this really incredible experience with psychic medium, James Von Prague. We were friends when I was in my twenties and he said to me, I have this like protruded bone that covers my, my heart. My sternum goes out rather than going in. And he said to me, that's because you, you've been stabbed both literally and figuratively in several lifetimes. And you Mm -hmm. came into this life with extra protection around your heart. Now, the interesting thing about that is that I used to say as a kid to everyone, this is extra protection for my heart. Oh, damn. Not only that, that evening after he told me that, I don't know how to explain this other than to say I was lying in bed and I suddenly felt like I was having a heart attack. I had the most intense pain in my heart that I had ever felt in my entire life I was 20 something years old so I was scared to death I was like oh my god I'm having a heart attack but what I did was I got out of bed and I was holding my heart and I went to the bathroom and I turned the light on and looked in the mirror and the best way to describe this to you is as if I saw myself through several lifetimes Mm -hmm. and I had this moment of oh this is what this feels like to be stabbed in the heart I'm having this experience now, so we can move through it here and now. Yeah.
1: Because we—that's the only way we get unstuck—is we move through it. That's beautiful. And like, none of this surprises me anymore, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, of course, of course, you saw your past lifetimes <laughs> in the mirror. Why not? <laughs> like, they're right there. <laughs> it's right there for the viewing. Just look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. I mean, that makes. Perfect sense, right? And probably I think one of the biggest ones that I see, because I work with like yourself, I work with a lot of healers, right? Yeah. Is that witch wound is oh. so oh. that is a real thing. It is
0: so deep for so many, particularly, you know, with real stories that sell. That's a lot of what the course is about, is about stepping forward with your story and stepping out and being yourself and authentic. And so, whoo, do I see this? So bring it, bring it, bring yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it's so potent because because those of us who are showing up right
1: now as healers, we have been healers so many times. Like, this is yeah. not, it's not like we were a, a witch once, right? It's like, and I say witch roughly to just mean like a healer for whom it didn't end well. <laughs> 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 But I think some of the main themes that show up are a huge fear about owning our gifts, right? It's like, my power is dangerous. And if I actually let myself access my full potential, it's not going to end well. So that's one big way it shows up. Another big way it shows up is just this fear of like isolation and judgment, right? Because for so many people, the experience of using your gifts, you had to choose between your gifts or being really part of community, right? So a lot of people were either like, on the outskirts or they were part of the community and the community turned on them. Right. So if you're someone who has this like anxiety around like isolation and like, if I choose my passion, I'm going to have to like sacrifice community. That's probably the origin there. And then just the being seen thing, right? Like, I mean, going back to my own story, I legitimately, (laughs) let me laugh now. I would not put my face on my website. I wouldn't have put my name anywhere like talk about energetics like no wonder I made a dollar in 10 months right like I (laughs) did not want anyone to find me right so what I have found is you can try to muscle through that but we know from research that willpower is finite so if you try to if you have these deep core fears or these deep core beliefs that aren't serving you and you try to muscle through them that's like the new year's resolution that you're great at for two weeks and then you're back to like you know eating oreos and not going to the gym as yeah. someone who ate Oreos today and did not go to the gym,
0: right? Ninety-two percent, ninety-two percent of New Year's goals don't happen,
1: and it's because we, we like we know willpower is finite. Like it's mm-hmm. not willpower. Like you are a smart person. If you have a dream and you're not living it, it's probably because your beliefs are not serving you. Like mm. nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, <laughs> it's probably because your beliefs aren't serving you. Totally. So you have to find a way to get to those core beliefs and tend to them. And you can do it through past life work. You can do it through subconscious work. You can do it through a container, like real stories. Like there's a million ways to do it, but like stop just banging your head against the wall and wondering why it's not working.
0: Holla. Sorry, I'll stop. I'll step up my soapbox now. Yeah, that was, pre- <laughs> that, was a, that was a great preach. That was a great preach. That was a great preach. You know, cause that's really, that's really about transforming these core beliefs that we have about ourselves and there like you said, there's so many ways to do it. Now people try something, and I I wanna get your take on this because I mm. think I already know the answer. Positive affirmations.
1: Because I'm psychic, I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> 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 yeah. I wanna say I hate positive affirmations, but that's not totally fair to them. But yeah, they're they're not gonna get they're here's where I think positive affirmations are useful. I think they highlight for us what we don't believe. Like if you say I am worthy and it feels false in your mouth, that's useful data. I have a yoga teacher who should say, that's useful data, right? So say positive affirmation and then register how that feels for you. Cause that's the, that's the guidepost, right? So don't just say it a thousand times and then wonder, like, do I believe it yet? You know, because I think that is very limited. The one way that I have used positive affirmations that that felt really beautiful is with some mala beads. I would go through worthiness is, has been a it was a big part of my journey to entrepreneurship, and I would go through my mala beads and I would say, I am worthy. I am love. I am worthy and I am love. And so it was very prayerful. Yeah. And that felt like something was opening up.
0: That's so funny because very similar, I have done the same. And I actually give this to some students, but I actually took it even a step further in the sense of using Sanskrit. And -hmm. the reason that I use Sanskrit is because it's a vibrational language rather than the the attachment to what we have of like the worthiness or the love or what we believe that to be. Mm -hmm. And when you use the vibrational language of Sanskrit, Ahem prema, ahem prema, ahem prema, mm. across the mala beads. what you're saying is I am divine love, I am mm. divine love, I am divine love. But because you have no attachment to ahem or prema.
1: You can just sink into you, you it. Just,
0: you just sink into it and you fall into the vibrational space. And merely by being there, you begin to actually believe it.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Because you're believing, you're going beyond the thought form into the heart space.
1: And that, like, literally, yeah, I was like, it's like the cracking open of your heart, right? That's clear. Then, yeah, that's really beautiful. Which is why
0: I really believe in the power of mantra.
1: I mean, you definitely have more experience with it than me. <laughs> but <laughs> in my limited version of it, I, it felt, it felt like a really beautiful, like it, like ritual. It felt really ritualistic, and it felt really like, like I could just feel the warmth spreading over my chest,
0: you yeah. know. It, yeah. And that's exactly, exactly what it is and what it does. And yeah, I, stu- I studied mantra. So I have a, a, a fairly diverse knowledge of it. And I find it interesting because when people try the positive affirmation route, while I understand it and I get it and it serves a purpose, as you were saying, there is a purpose to it. And I think it actually, particularly like, in, you know, in the beginning of the new age movement 40 years ago was important. Yeah. 50 years ago was important but i think that we are moving to a place where the positive affirmation is like you say a guidepost not a not an absolute
1: and and i and part of the reason why they frustrate me also i agree with everything you said the other reason they frustrate me is because i think people i think sometimes people use them to beat themselves up
0: oh yes they do
1: <laughs> right it's like oh, I've been saying this positive affirmation. Why do I still dislike myself? Like, what is wrong with me? Yeah, like, oh, like, there's just this way of, like, I can't do anything right. I can't even positive affirmation, you know? (laughs) We'll use anything to whip ourselves, but I think there's a a model that, like, I use in in my – for myself a lot, which is this, is a pyramid. And on the bottom is beliefs and then it's thoughts and then action is the top. And then like kind of the star of the pyramid is like, whatever the result that we are experiencing. And I think, I think so many of us, and I think this is kind of like the new age shift, right? So many of us get stuck on the thought level
0: yeah.
1: and like our thoughts, our thoughts are, they're kind of irrelevant in a weird way. It's really our beliefs. Like, you know, if you, if you believe, so, okay, I'll share my own experience. So a big part of my story has been like healing money story. So I'm really passionate about that because I have had so much anxiety around money and the anxiety persisted when I was like a lowly assisted to a sales director making five times. It was the same anxiety because it wasn't about the amount, right? And, like, I once had a car towed because I had unpaid parking tickets. And I told everybody it was because I, paid, I was parked in, in, like, a street cleaning zone. Like, I've done all the, like, weird, stressful things around money, right? You know, I have I had, like, a million thoughts over the years around, like, money fears. So the work that I do in the records is around this core belief statement. And so one day I sat down and I wrote, I got, I, and I, I do muscle testing. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that. But I wrote down this list of all of these money beliefs that I didn't believe that I needed to, that I needed to believe things about like worthiness, empowerment, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, buckle up, rolling up my sleeves. We're going into the records. We're shifting all of these. (laughs) And what happened is that now if a money thought, that's like a negative thought shows up, it doesn't anchor in. Right. So because my core Mm. belief used to be you're irresponsible with money. So when a fearful thought would arise, because I believed it, the, the, my belief would like suck it up and be like, yes, this is the truth. And I would just be like caught in this loop, right? But now that I've shifted the belief, I can have a thought about, you know, oh, you spent too much on that sweater. And I'm like, Yeah, it's a nice sweater. And it just, the thought just floats on away.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I am 100% with you because, you know, people like to say your thoughts create your reality. And I'm like, the energy behind your thought creates the reality. Yes, yes,
1: yes a thousand times and that's that's another way that we beat ourselves up like, oh I should just think better why can't I think better but like our thoughts like our thinking mind is like a little bit cuckoo like it just doesn't stop like
0: it, it's, it's, it's built that way
1: it's, it's exactly it's not and if we try to control our thoughts like oh that's just so I have a toddler and I have a three and a half year old and like You can't parent through control or you'll just be exhausted all the time. It's kind of the same thing. Like we can't control our thoughts. We'll just be exhausted all the time, you know? But if you tend to, as you say, the energy behind the thoughts, if you tend to the beliefs that are driving them, you just smooth, you create a nice, smooth path for yourself where you can just like, it gets to be
0: easy. And isn't that what we all really want? Ultimately, Because yeah. look look at how great, coming full circle, look how great the, your experience has been in the last nine months. Yeah. As it's gotten easier.
1: And the truth is also, you know, we, we have all these stories around like, okay, once I have X, Y, and Z, then I'll feel great. And like, mm-hmm. this was the big moment for me was like, I was like, oh my God, I went from like, like literally overnight, my calendar booked like I have room for like maybe one more you know like my my calendar's really, really full. I have this class that's full like and it happened like on a dime, right It was like what is that saying little by little, then all of a sudden, you know
0: the overnight sensation, the tick ten years kind of thing
1: exactly exactly, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it turns out I still have the same buzzing energy, right, and yeah. now I didn't have an excuse now I, and now I couldn't pin it on like well, I don't have enough clients, so I don't have this or I don't have that, I was like. Oh, this buzzing energy is just arbitrary. Now I have to tend to that.
0: <laughs> you know? It's just my shit. <laughs> it's just my shit,
1: apparently.
0: <laughs> I, I, I've been pointing these fingers out when in reality there were four pointing back that at me. Was me all <laughs> along. Well, how about that? <laughs> yeah.
1: But I am overwhelmingly grateful to tend to that from a place of like not having to worry about my mortgage, you know? Yeah. Because hell yeah. Makes it a lot harder to try to like calm our nervous system and integrate and find a sense of ease and peace when there are real material anxieties over hanging overhead. Right. So I'm so grateful that like, okay, let's clear. This is why I'm like so passionate. Like I say a lot, like it's not actually about the money. It's just like being stressed about money is not actually required. You know, and we can, you can, you can tend to that belief structure and those like looping thoughts in a way that will shift and bring ease. And then once you have the ease, then you have to deal with your real, then it turns out you have to deal with the actual assignment.
0: (laughs) Then it turns out there's other stuff.
1: What? Right. But like, you know, you deserve to tend to the divine assignment of filling your life with as much love as possible. You can do that and also not be stressed about paying your bills.
0: Basically. Yeah which is so beautiful that that's where you've, you've come to. So congratulations, my friend.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I'm still a little in like the pinch me. I hope that lasts forever. I hope I'm always a little bit like pinch me.
0: Oh, well, yeah, because then also you, you realize then it comes that, well, will this last? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm here now. Will this last? <laughs>
1: And the thing that feels beautiful now is that when, like, that pop, when that gremlin pops up, I'm like, oh, oh, there's another story that needs tending to. Okay. Because, like, now yeah. I have the tool chest, right, which is also why I'm, like, really passionate. I have a future project around making this, like, really accessible and, like for for everybody because it gets to be quick and easy. Like if you can, if you can drill down to find out what the belief is, like you can actually shift it really quickly. Right. So now one of those gremlins pop up. I'm like, Ooh, what do you have to say? All right. Like let's, let's rumble. Let's do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, Let's play.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What do you have to teach me? Absolutely. As opposed to like, Oh, should I have to run away from you? You know?
0: Well, you have taught us a lot today.
1: Thank you. This is a delight.
0: It was so fun. It was such a great conversation as always. I appreciate your being here. How can people reach you?
1: Yeah. If they want
0: a reading, if they want to take one of your courses, your classes, your workshops, et cetera?
1: So I am on Instagram but it is sleepy, I will admit. It's the it's the redheaded right stepchild of my social media attending. <laughs>
0: Heard anyone call it sleepy
1: before. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm at Kylie Caldwell there. But the place where I've been the most time is I have a Facebook group called Akashic Soul Circle. And it's just a really beautiful place where I do lots of, you know, workshops and uh I channel a monthly message from the records. And there's a lot of other beautiful people. Like I made it a space where anyone who has something to share can like grab a spot for a day to, to share from their wisdom. If you want to come, Nick, and share some of your magic.
0: I've, I didn't oh, know about yeah. this, so I'm definitely joining now.
1: Yeah, it's a really beautiful, like, the other day someone came and posted a question. I was like, I don't have anywhere else to go with this. And I was like, yes, I've made that space. <laughs> so that's the space where I am most uh, apt to be. So you should come, come, come check me out there.
0: Oh, I definitely am.
1: Oh, and my website is KylieCaldwell.com.
0: Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go still hiding the website still hiding. true the website. it's true, true.
1: okay actually full confession is that in this moment my website is akashicgrace.org from the era of kylie was hiding but i have bought kyliecaldwell.com So now my homework assignment is to finish building that website before this episode goes live. I've just given myself a deadline. Yes, you have. Thank you very much.
0: You're you're welcome. I'm I'm glad to facilitate that.
1: Hold my feet to the fire once
0: again. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends. Please rate, write us a review, and subscribe so we can spread the word and other solopreneurs just like you can find us.